Welcome to Goonies World. My name is Goonie, also known as Colin, and I am joined, as always, by Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Well met, friends. And, of course, we have Meanie, also known as Ryan. Hello. And we are also joined by a special guest, one we haven't had on for a while. It's the good Dr. H, also known as Zach. Good evening, chaps. Yes, Hello. And, and we're all British tonight because uh, for the next few episodes, we're going to be playing a one-page game called Heroes of Sherwood Forest, written by Richard Woolcock for the Tricube Tales system from Zadmark Games. You can get the Tricube Tales system as a phone PDF, like shaped for your phone, for a dollar on DriveThruRPG. In fact, you can actually get it for free. But it's nice to pay the dollar. And it comes with scads of micro settings like the one we're playing tonight. And this is our first time playing this system, but it's very rules light. And I think we can manage not to make a complete mess of it. Although we might make a complete mess of Sherwood Forest, which is where we'll be adventuring. I do want to thank uh, Theo JT and Lag Musics for some of the music that we'll be hearing. In tonight's episode And I think most of our listeners know the Robin Hood legend So we're not too concerned about Historical accuracy either And I think we can dispense with a lot of Setting exposition It's enough for us to know that We're going back in time to the days of yore To merry old England When good King Richard the Lionheart Is on crusade in the Holy Lands And he's left his malicious And incompetent little brother Prince John in charge and Prince John has, of course, taxed the peasants mercilessly. And locally, his flunkies, Guy of Gisborne and the Sheriff of Nottingham, have just bullied the people beyond endurance. And a few desperate or courageous souls have uh, taken to outlawry in an attempt to make things right or strike back an injustice or just survive. And, of course, the most famous of these is, of course, Robin Hood. But our adventurers will focus on some of the, the less famous outlaws of Sherwood Forest. And let's meet them right now. So why don't we go ahead and share our name and concept and trait and perk and quirk, which are all the things that make up a character in this system, and tell us a little bit about yourselves. And Ryan, you're pretty quick on your feet. Why don't we start with you? Oh, well, sure, that's fine. Well, my name is Arthur Brown. Arthur Brown, and I'm Brawny. Um, I, I believe, of course, that I'm the uh, bastard son, unacknowledged son of the prince. Um, and being Brawny, of course, I have enormous strength, um, but I do tend to be rather overconfident. Would you like a physical description? Sure. Is it about I'm about, um, well, I was going to say, like, you know, uh, five, six, uh, but I, they wouldn't have measured it that way. But for our listeners, I'm sure that will make sense. Yes. Um, so he's about five, six, but very wide, almost as wide as he is tall, um, or, or as I am tall, um, with short brown hair and a beard. Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't even carry any weapons. I don't even care. I don't need a weapon. I'm so brawny, I'll just wrestle you to the ground. That will be exciting. Colin, how about your character? Well, I'm Spencer Twitty. And my trait is agile because I'm a boy. I'm, I haven't specified my age. I'm just a boy. And my concept is that... I'm a runaway. I had a, a rich family that 
were too strict and selfish and I didn't like them and I wanted to run away to join a band of outlaws like Robin Hood. And my perk is that I'm highly perceptive because I'm very inquisitive and um, very sensitive and thoughtful. And my quirk is that I'm naive because I'm just a boy. And he looks like he's um, just a normal-looking boy, uh, sandy-colored hair. It's a bit messy. And toe-headed um, lad. Yeah, a bit mm. of a bit of freckles, brown eyes, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that is him. Okay, and Zach, let's hear about your character. Well. <laughs> I, I am Belgar, Belgar for Gossi. Um, even my mother would say that I'm not the most attractive of men. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very sh- short. I'm, I'm stocky. I'm definitely wider than I am tall. And uh, I was, uh, my face is, is is covered in burn marks and, and, and scars from when the men of Nottingham tortured me. But I escaped. I'm crafty. Oh, I'm so crafty, and I escaped from them, and now I am I am with these merry men serving as their cook, because I am an excellent cook. What I did not get in looks, I got in cooks. So I'm, uh, well, given the fact that I am so close to the ground, I too am skilled in the arts of perception, seeing things that other people overlook with their stupidity. Uh, and unfortunately, due to my... History with Nottingham. I'm quite vengeful. And one day I will cook his blood into a pudding for everyone. Well, I... Well, that sounds delicious. I I sincerely hope that happens throughout the course of our adventures. But the three of you, uh, right now you're you're the entirety of your merry band. Uh, You've banded together and you're the beginning of your careers as outlaws. Now, as chance would have it... You have heard a reliable rumor traveling through Sherwood Forest that a Norman noble, Sir Angaran de Cousy, will be traveling through Sherwood Forest on his way to Nottingham Castle. Now, he is likely to have a few guards, but he's also likely to have some portable wealth that's worth robbing. So as we begin, you're lying in wait along the road in Sherwood Forest. Now, in these days, Sherwood Forest still has an almost primordial feel to it with very ancient birch and oak and chestnut and beech trees and it's autumn so the forest is like an explosion of colors you know rust orange and mustard yellow and browns and all the other colors the leaves turn and of course there are great curtains and beards of moss and trails of vines hanging all over the trees and plenty of places to hide the road is really just little more than a track and you can hear but not see in the distance a wagon approaching at moderate speed not a full gallop you couldn't take a wagon on a full you know gallop down this road it would break apart but i'll pause here and let you get into character and make your plans as uh, as you can hear the wagon approaching is that him i i'm sh- quite sure it is and i think hmm I think having you as a boy might be quite useful, actually. If we could get him to stop. Hmm. Like a, I could, uh, I could say I'm lost, my lost little boy, and um, could you please stop and um, feed me? I'm hungry. I want some pudding. And uh, and then you could spring out and jump him, and we can rob him. Us. So exciting, we're going to have our first robbery, and then we're going to um, give it all to the poor, I hope. Because that's what Robin Hood would do. Yes, to the poor. Hold on, Belga, he would like to get down on the ground, very close to the ground, and put, put one ear to the ground and put his long, wrinkle-warded nose to the ground. And stare just ever so slightly down the path, this this narrow, not even a road, at the approaching noble, and see how many of 
his guardsmen he can detect. You know, I think it's a great opportunity to actually break out some game mechanics here and roll some dice. And I know you're crafty, so this is directly related to your your trait. So why don't you roll three dice for me, and we're looking for a five. One of these dice, we need a, a five. So let's see, see if you can gather as much intel as possible. A five, a two, and a two. All right. Well, you succeed enough, even just from hearing. Just from hearing. You can tell there's not only a wagon. It's, pos- it's probably being drawn by more than one horse. But there's at least two other horses involved. And uh, the wagon's heavy. You tell that much. And then you get a sneak peek of it, you know, just underneath. Um, underneath the brush. To where the other guys don't really quite have a line of sight because they don't have your mole's eye view, but you can see the knee down uh, legs of a horse passing by, and then two more horses pulling a wagon, and then a, a fourth horse riding along behind, and they're going to round the bend up up ahead in, in just uh, a few seconds. Um. And can I assume that you tell us what you yeah. see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are we sure we can take them? Do you, do you even have weapons? Yeah, I have. I have a butcher knife. And I have my frying pan and a ladle. I can take down any man. <laughs> well, I'm so brawny, I can just wrestle them to the ground, I'm sure. Yeah, I've got a... I imagine he has a little knife strapped to him somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can see him having a dagger, you know, knife or dagger. Yeah, yeah. And it, it would not be unreasonable to think of a boy as having a small bow and arrow if you wanted one, you know, hunting rabbits or whatever. Yeah, I can see a yeah. little kid bow. Little kid bow, or like a sling, maybe or yeah, something. Sling. Yeah, like actually, a slingshot. Yeah, slingshot actually is much more story appropriate, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to go out in the middle of the road because they're coming. They'll be ro- coming up around the bend any time. Yeah, and I'm going to uh, tuck that sling in behind in my little my waistband, like you know, in my back, mm-hmm. okay. underneath my shirt, and uh, and wander out. I'm going to actually. Uh, if my face isn't already filthy, I'm going to take a clump of dirt up. and sm- yeah, okay. smear it around, mess okay. up my hair, and then kind of hobble out into the middle of the road. All right. Well, no sooner have you done that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that uh, while he does that and before they sort of round the bend, uh, Arthur is at least going to... Um, you know, like, kind of hide, hide to the extent that he wasn't already, but like hiding, uh, hide in the in the brush, sort of um, try obviously not to be seen, uh, but in a such a position, in a position where he thinks, and he could be wrong, where he thinks uh, like the like when they cause, okay, here's what at least here's what I'm imagining. They're gonna come around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, there was a horse in front and a horse in back, and then this wagon being drawn, right? That's right. Do I have that right? Yep. Okay. He's going to like try to be where the back horse would be okay. uh, once they get around the okay. corner. Yeah. If if they even come all the way around the corner, I could picture that. I could picture that. Yeah, I would think that <clears throat> Arthur Arthur could probably take one of the. So there's presuming there's two four horses total, right? Two yeah. that are pulling the wagon, and then two with riders. We're guessing, right? That if Arthur can take one of the horses, then Belgar can uh, take the other one. Okay. And at least get just don't what what I would guess would be the the guardsman. Okay. Uh, just don't stand directly behind the horse, or you'll kick your chest in. Yeah, or we put someone else behind the horse. Well, any more planning will have to occur later because just then the first horseman comes around the bend. Followed by the wagon, the first horseman is a guard. You know he uh, he's he's got a long sword strapped to him. He's uh, wearing a leather armor, but like a like a bullet shaped Norman style helmet. You know, like you see in the Bayou Tapestry. And uh, 
behind him is an enclosed and very fine wagon. And uh, we can't really call it a coach because it doesn't really have, like, suspension and all that. But it's enclosed, and there's curtains drawn, so you can't really see who's inside of it, right? There is a driver on the wagon. And sitting on top of the wagon is a crossbowman who's also wearing the leather armor and one of those bullet helms. And then in the back is another horseman uh, who is also a guard, a Norman guard. And when we say Normans, we're really talking about the ruling class who came here from northern France a generation or two ago and kicked everybody's ass and took over. And uh, so, yeah, that's what you could see. So, yeah, definitely a challenge, definitely a challenge. But here you are. The first horseman, he didn't stop immediately when he sees you, Spencer, but he says, Out of the way, peasant! Oh, I can't move. I'm injured. My leg, I'm hungry and injured. I think I'll just take a nap here. <laughs> please, please stop and, and, uh, and help me if you can. Well... You know, so you're going to basically try to convince him through through looking pathetic and through pathetic words to stop their journey. Now, I don't know yeah, this Yeah, and directly. I'm not moving either. Okay, and I know this is good. You're very brave because you could get trampled. But, well, he's not really not right. Well, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. if it comes to that, I'll... <laughs> but this doesn't have anything to do with being agile, so we're not going to roll three dice. We're going to roll two dice and see if you can actually talk okay. this, this Norman guard into stopping. So roll two dice. One of these needs to be a five. I should probably make it a six because it really should be really hard. But let's not start breaking out the difficulties yet. Okay. All right. Well. So see if you can pull on his heartstrings and, a little bit. And I might, after I roll, I might spend a karma if I need to. Since we have three yeah. karmas. Yeah, you can spend a karma to reduce that difficulty to a four if you need to. You can do that okay. after your roll, as you said. Yeah. And, oh, oh, boy. I, I rolled a six and a five, so they both got it. All right. Well, well, he doesn't look, like, super happy about it, but the lead horseman stops, and he raises his hand up to the driver, and the driver pulls, uh, pulls, pulls on the reins and slows down the wagon, and then, of course, the guard in the back has to stop. And the crossbowman looks a little more alert sitting on top of the wagon, and you can uh, hear a muffled sound of complaint from within the wagon uh, in a haughty voice, but you can't really tell what's being said. And, uh, and so I see I see that it looks... Ryan's body language makes it seem like he has something to say. He, well, he, uh, he just wants... Yeah, Arthur wants to find... Uh the biggest, heaviest rock he can find. Oh, there's tons of old rocks laying around. Great big old brick-sized... Unless you're talking about, like, huge... You know, I'm assuming you're going to throw or bash somebody. But, yeah, there's some pretty big freaking rocks. Find a nice basketball-sized one. Not perfectly round, obviously. There's some roly-polies on the bottom of it, and it's covered with moss. But there's a good one right nearby. I think that's reasonable to assume in a forest. All right, well, <clears throat> he's not going to do anything with it yet. He's going to wait to see what happens. Okay. And uh, are you doing anything special right now, Belgor? So you mentioned, uh, as we were going over mechanics prior to, that you can spend karma or resolve, I can't remember which one it was, to add um, narrative. Yes. Yeah, so take narrative control of a scene to add scenery or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you can spend a karma to, quote, influence the story, unquote. I would I would love to influence the story by adding uh, uh, just the, the most decrepit Widowmaker branch hanging out over the road right above the wagon. Okay. <laughs> um, if that can be possible. I, I think that is possible. I think it's fully within the spirit of what is intended, you know, by spending karma. So you got two karma left, but it's a good use of it. So there's like a oh, yeah. next big storm, this thing's falling type of branch hanging right over the uh, the wagon right where they chose to stop. And then Spencer, uh, what are you doing? Because no one's throwing any food or money your way, uh, but there hasn't been, you know, a lot of this. All this has happened in milliseconds. 
But do you want to do anything else before the the lead guard takes any action towards you? Whether that's chop your head off or throw you a penny, you don't know yet. Um, no, I think the main goal was just to get them to slow down or stop. And it appears they've done that. Um, but I want to keep them there. So I won't, I won't move yet. Okay. And I'll just stand there looking pathetic. Okay, well, the lead horseman spurs his horse on. And uh, these guys all have names. You would have no way to know them, but this one's Peter. Okay, the crossbowman is Dick. And the, the, the last guard is Willie. Perhaps they all have their, uh, their names, you know, stenciled on there. They got their wives to stencil their, their names on their, their, uh, their tabards. But uh, Peter spurs his horse forward a little bit. And goes, all right there, you. Get off the road. Enough playing around. You're not going to pull on my heartstrings that easy. Well, uh, I'm deeply injured, and I, I, don't, I don't think I can make my way across. Ah, uh, uh, my knee. Your knee. Uh, Your knee. Uh, Oh, well, you know what? I want to see if you can I want to see if you can make this guy feel bad enough to like get off the horse for a minute and come take a look at your knee. Little Saxon brat, he mutters. Go ahead and uh and again, I think this would be really hard though. Okay. So I um we're looking for a 6 and it's just two dice. I don't know that this is directly related to your trait of being agile. So roll two dice. If one of them is a six, he's going to get off and come look at your knee. Don't forget, though, you can reduce that to a five after you roll, if you get a five, by spending a karma. Yeah. Uh, I got, uh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to spend a karma because okay. I got a five. All right. Helpless little Saxon yes. brat. No wonder you're all taken over so easy. He climbs down off his horse looking disgusted. Maybe he's got a heart of gold and he's just playing tough. All right, let's take a look at this knee of yours, then. We've got to get my master on his, on, on his appointment in Nottingham Castle. Let's make this quick. If nothing else, I'll pick you up and carry you out of the way. So I, what did he say, Nottingham Castle? Nottingham Castle is where he's going to... Yeah, that's where he they're He said headed. the words Nottingham Castle He out said loud. the words out loud, Nottingham Castle. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> so, Belgar's not, not pleased about those words. Uh, so he will spring into his his plot of action now. His, his trait is crafty, and so I would like to uh, think that he would be able to take this ladle that he came in with and attach a rope. I think it would be reasonable sure. that he would have some sort of a rope or something with him. Sure, sure. And he would like to... Uh, his, his overall plan is to use the ladle like a grappling hook, throw it up around the branch and then give it like obviously i don't know if that alone would be able to tug it down but if not then actually like tarzan swing towards the the carriage um in doing so either you know he's like a little bowling ball Mm -hmm. like run into the carriage that way and hopefully also pull that limb down on top of it Okay. That's the whole grand plan he's trying to achieve in the immediate. Okay, well, you are crafty, so this directly relates to your trades. They're all three dice. And, uh, and, and, and I tell you what, you, we narrated that that, you know, that branch is pretty nasty. You did spend a karma on it. it I think it's weak, and I think it should be a little easier. So we're going to reduce the difficulty to four or higher. This will be just, to, a, this will just bring five. it down. You got a five? Okay. Five, a four, and a three. Five, four, three. All right. Well, you swing the rope up, and uh, the ladle wraps around the branch, and you give it a good hard tug. And, well, you get to narrate. I mean, don't let me run away with GM job here, because a big part of the system is well, you I guys would, get to narrate what happens. Absolute druthers, what I would like to happen is he gets it up there, wraps around, and does is able to use it to swing out. And I just imagine this, this guy that's somewhere between Igor, like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and uh, Danny DeVito's Penguin. Like, somewhere right, in between right, right. those two places is what this guy looks like, right? Like, and I can imagine Miley like, Cyrus is, like, riding him. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. And just, like, and he's, like, fuming with with vengeance and spit and whatever else. Is he just, like... <laughs> Like, all of a sudden, cannonballs out of the woods into the side of the wagon, 
which then makes the whole branch fall right on top of it. Okay, well, you come out like a wrecking ball, and you smash right into the side of that wagon. And then the branch snaps and falls down, crunch right onto the top of the wagon where the crossbowman is, putting him immediately out of action. It's a classic cartoon clunk on that, that metal helmet and falls off to his side. And uh, he, he slumps to the top with, you know, little birds and stars flying around his head. And uh, and just and then, of course, why you little, says the, the guard who's right next to you, Spencer. And then what are you doing, uh, uh, Arthur? So as soon as... Uh, as soon as uh, uh, Arthur sees the, uh, what Belgar is doing, um, like you know, he sees these like doing this ladle thing and and jumping into action. He's gonna kind of watch a minute, and then as soon as he sees it, he's gonna swing out. He's going to um, brawnily heft his uh, basketball-sized rock at the uh, rear guard. The rear guard, go for it, go for it, and I think that. Should be three dice because it is directly related to your brawny trait, and of course, you know Dick the crossbowman is 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 knocked out unconscious by the heavy branch. We'll see what happens to Willie. Although you're making a face. Well, uh, I rolled two ones and a four, so um, I can I, I all ones is bad, but just two I guess is not. It's not bad, but there's still a failure. However, you can spend a karma to reduce that difficulty to a four. And will. And will. And so, how do you narrate what happens now? Well, I would like to, uh, you know, th- this it would be simultaneous, roughly, to the uh, Belgar swinging out. So we got like one bowling ball, uh, wrecking ball over here swinging out and slamming into the carriage, and at the same time, this 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 basketball is launching towards this this guard at the at the back, and it. Um, I, I would like to narrate that uh, it it hits him in the head and he just falls to the ground unconscious. Yeah, well, but yeah, I, I think I don't know that, if I can take it that far. No, I think you can take it that far. You know, it feels like a big major villain. Obviously, in a combat, we might want to have a few roles. You know, um, sometimes combat does require multiple roles, but they don't necessarily send the best and brightest guards. And this is a complete surprise. So, yeah, your boulder just hits him in the side of the head. Again, making that clunk. And Willie, the guard, falls from his horse. The horse is spooked, you know, and rears up. And, and uh, of course, both the, the horses uh, on the wagon were a little spooked when uh, Belgor smashed into it. But we're going to assume that that driver knows what he's doing and you know, he keeps them under control and they don't bolt. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you've got Peter leaning right over you, uh, Spencer, Peter the guard, and he's like, why are you little? And looks like he's about to choke you, you know, Homer Simpson style. So what do you do? I fooled you. It's a robbery, Peter. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Peter Pecker? I'm going to kick him in his <laughs> pecker. Pecker, all right. <laughs> okay, kick him in his pecker. And uh, I think Agile does apply to kicking people in the to dick shots. I think Agile should apply to dick shots. Yeah. Which we've had a... Disturbingly high ratio of dick shots on this podcast over the years, but yeah, didn't we have an episode yeah. called Dick Shot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for it. Roll your three dice, and one of them needs to be a five to get the uh, the dick shot on Peter. One of them is a six. Oh my! Well, you just boom. Now, how do you narrate Peter's reaction to his getting kicked in the dick? Well, since we're going cartoony um i think uh his face turns beet red <laughs> and you know maybe some steam coming out of his ears or something i don't know but uh yeah you know maybe his voice goes up a notch uh just, oh, just like the bread, <laughs> uh, i think he's got to be at least out of commission for a few seconds right i mean he's got to stumble around and yeah i think he's yeah. got to Drop to his knees, holding his yeah. crotch, yeah, and okay. uh, totally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you got you got the two guards knocked out. The driver's immediately just ho- ho- holding up his hands, you know, in surrender. 
And, uh, you know, Peter's rolling around on the ground. And, of course, you can still hear the haughty voice within the closed-up carriage. Uh, and and sounds of, like, hurried action inside of the, the carriage, if that makes sense. Like, there's scuffling and things like that going on. Uh, I see you leaning into the microphone, Belgor. Yes. Is the door to the carriage locked? Well, when you grab it and yank it open, it certainly doesn't seem locked. And you can see right All inside. Right. Well, uh, Belgar's going right inside, and he's got a frying pan in one hand, and his mouth open to bite. Like, it was just whatever. What, what, is, what does he immediately what see? What he immediately he sees. Will, he will open and jump in. All right. There's, there's, a, there's a thin, tall, somewhat effeminate gentleman in here who's trying to stuff a purse into his pants. You know, you catch him right in the middle of trying to stuff the purse down into his crotch. And then there is a woman, a beautiful, beautiful woman, whose cheeks are, like, really full, like chipmunk cheeks, you know. And she's just, and they're both looking in shock uh, at you and disgust <laughs> as you open the door. I say, yeah. this is most irregular. I demand that you cease and desist immediately. Bob, not yet. There's no negotiation here. Uh, he'll look at uh, the lady and then reach up the uh, the frying pan and just whack the oh dude my. right in the face. Whack her right in the face. Well, why don't you? Not her. Not her. Him? him? Oh, okay. They're going to write her in the face, which was kind of funny. Well, for some he reason. wanted to give her kind of the gross. Yeah. She's, she's, talk out, she's been disgusted by your leer. And then you uh, whack Sir Ungaron Dekusi. In the face with your frying pan. So, go ahead and. Uh, yeah, yep, frying pan. Do, do you think this is a crafty thing? Can you make an argument for crafty, or is this just pure fighting rage? Well, I, th- I think that he's a cook. I think he's <laughs> he. Uh, so that would be what he would have, right? Right. I, mean, I, I said he had a butcher knife. I'm not. That seems. I don't know. I'm not going to. Yeah. Go yeah. that far yet? I think the frying pan's much more funny. I, I think uh, we, we shouldn't butcher yeah. these people. <laughs> I think we can go with crafty. Um, I don't know if we crafty is it. Certainly. Uh, tied into his concept of cook and his quirk of being vengeful. Uh, I, I think we should um, go with the maybe three dice. Inherently crafty. I think we can go with the three dice on this one, though, especially because it ties in with your concept so well. So, yeah, three dice. I need a five. Uh, and we have it. One, four, and five. All right. Now, uh, so you've cracked him right, right, in the, right in the face. And, uh, you know, narratively speaking, since he's kind of a more important NPC, I don't want him to just immediately get knocked out. I'd like him to talk, be able to talk for a little bit. But other than that, do you have any specific effects or narrative embellishments on this? Uh, I, I, yeah, kind of just keeping <clears throat> steering into the cartoony. I think it would be great if, like, you know, kind of just right across the face. Um, I don't know, did he have, like, a hat? Yes. Did we say he had, like, a Oh yeah. Like, like hats. Yeah, so he's got a great big right across the face. Great big, great big ooh, puffy hat. He has a great yeah. big what? He's got a great uh, big puffy yeah. hat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're just a frying pan right across the face, and the body and the face move, but the hat just kind of you know, like when you pull the <laughs> right. uh, on the table, pull the tablecloth out from right. the flowers, and like it, the hat just stays, and the body and the face go to the side. I love and it. And then the hat. I think it'd be great if that hat falls right on Belgar's head. Um, I think that's perfect. And, uh, yeah, you're wearing now. You're now wearing the hat of uh, You've Sir Ungaron Dekusi. Successfully uh, he, robbed your first item. Yeah, you without even hat. trying. Yeah, but well, he spits out a few teeth and uh, sits up. Oh, most uncalled for, most ungentlemanly. You know when Robin Hood robbed us, he was. Far more of a gentleman about it, wasn't he, dear? Wasn't he, my dear Beatrice? And Beatrice is presumably the girl who's. Mm-hmm. She said without opening her mouth, as her face is still, huh, you know, puffed up like uh, perhaps she's got the mumps, but uh, her, her lips. Yeah. Are, well, uh, Belgar, Belgar would kind of look at him and just reach one gross, maybe two. Let's go two. Two gross, gnarly, warty talons of fingers over to her face <laughs> and reach into her mouth. <laughs> well, do you, and I assume you and guys. I'm imagining. I'm thinking. 
I'm thinking strand of pearls in my head. Maybe it's a mouthful of gems or something that he could just reach in there and just kind of grab whatever it is well, and pull it out. Well, what you do is you pull out this long necklace. I assume maybe you guys are converging right in time to see this on yeah. either side of the. But you pull this long necklace of pearls and amber and jet out of her mouth. She stuffed the whole thing in there. There's like spit dripping off of it and everything else. She goes, I say, you're absolutely right. Robin Hood would never stoop to such tactics. When he robbed us, he was the consummate gentleman. I've never been robbed by such filth. I deserve better if I'm going to be robbed. Yes, you, you do, my you ought dear. To be, you ought to be lucky you didn't hide it somewhere else and then had his <laughs> fingers there. I would never dream of such a thing, <laughs> says Angron Bikusi, who suddenly looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I believe you have something in your pants for me, too. No, I took that out. Here it is. And he drops the, uh, <laughs> he, he drops the purse. He drops the purse he was trying to stuff down the front of his pants onto, uh, onto the floor of the, of the wagon. He goes, all right, well, uh, you know, I guess we've been robbed. Surely you won't leave us stranded out here. Um, is there... Is there anything else that you've... Uh, no, nothing. Got? Nothing, nothing no. at all. Are you quite sure? I'm quite sure. Absolutely. I am a Norman, lying. sir. I don't lie. You filthy little Saxon brat. How dare you speak to your betters that way? Ah, uh, you don't even know who I am. My family's rich. Well, they don't want you then, because you're wandering out in the forest. My family is incredibly rich. But I've given you all I have, and surely you're not murderers, even though you are Saxons, by the smell of you. So, if you would just let me go, and I will see to it that, uh, that I, uh, forget about this little incident. After all, I've been robbed mm. by the best. I've been robbed by Robin Hood. Certainly that was much well, more exciting, wasn't it, dear? Yes, of course, says Beatrice, and Robin Hood was a gentleman, and rather attractive, if you don't mind my saying so, dear Angrand. Oh, not at all, Beatrice. Robin Hood was very attractive, unlike this loathsome toad that has pulled the necklace out of your mouth, and this wide fellow over here, he says, gesturing to Arthur, and this disgusting little urchin, he says, pointing at you. But I have nothing else. I, I mean, where else could I possibly hide anything? Says yeah, Belgar, <laughs> after all the insults, will like raise the frying pan back up over his head. Not necessary. <laughs> just like, yeah. no, 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 not necessary. Robin Hood would never stoop to beating someone with well, a frying pan. We're going to be even more famous than Robin Hood. Just oh, well, you wait. Uh, okay, yes, well, very lovely, yes, of course. And you're lying. Uh, we better tie these people up, I think, and search them. He's hiding something. Yes. I was thinking we would need to search them, yes. No, no, no. This does seem very appropriate. And just so you know, Mr. DeCusey, I am the bastard son of Prince John. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, what does he think of your exploits? Oh, well, he disowned me. He doesn't know what I'm up to. If he knew, I suppose he would probably be disappointed. Well, if I... If I, you were my son, I would disown you too. But but I but seriously, no 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 tying up is necessary. There's no searching. I'm I'm a man of my word. I have nothing hidden on me, and certainly Beatrice doesn't. Beatrice, you've not secured any other things on your person, have you? No, no, not at all. And surely you'd not be so ungentlemanly to put your rough hands on my sweet Norman flesh. This is Beatrice. Or my sweet Norman flesh, as Takuzi. But you guys can manhandle them and tie them up and search them if you like. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was unanimous. <laughs> no, Robin Hood would certainly never stoop to this as uh, as you guys uh, tie them up. Every time they got to marry that Belgar voice with that, but that's. Every time one of them mentions something about Robin Hood, from this point on, Arthur's just going to smack them. Well, Robin Hood would... How? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I was going to mention him, but uh, I guess I won't. But I think uh, we should have someone to look up to. But, you know, we're our own band. We're not just following in his footsteps. We're, we're 
What what are we we calling ourselves? Oh well, I guess. Well, I, I, I didn't think of a band name. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, we're, we're probably influenced by Robin Hood. I don't know, maybe not a direct influence. Yeah. Well, similar you, genres. Well, yeah. You guys, you got that. I read perhaps- about his stories. That's why I I ran away so I could just I could be just like Robin Hood. But I think, uh, like I said, I think we could be even better than Robin Hood, and I think we shouldn't uh, try to emulate him as much. Do our own thing. Well, I don't believe we're going to have to ever, come up with a name. I don't believe you've ever read anything in your life. I don't believe you can read Saxon. But he's all tied up at this point. You guys are searching them, and I'm, I'm assuming you maybe not strip searching, but definitely a thorough patting down. And oh, I never. I, will you watch your hands? Says Beatrice as you guys are searching her. Um, but younger on Takusi, his uh, you know, his pantaloons seem a little. He seems a little uncomfortable. He's squirming in his seat a little bit. Is there any specific place that you'd like to to search him? Because he doesn't seem to have anything, you know, in his clothing. But he's, you know, again, he's he's seated awkwardly and has been and looked distinctly uncomfortable as your man handling him to tie him up. Um, do you think he put something up his butt? Nope. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous <laughs> conceit. I would never do such a thing. Ridiculous. Because, uh... I don't want to get it make out. The, make the woman look up there. <laughs> Beatrice. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh, just just, just let him have it. I'm the one who had to put it there in the first place. I'm not getting it out. And, uh, young Grungle, very well. Very well. And he, uh, if you would help me here with the pandal, this is so Humiliating. Robin Hood would never have put me through this. Smack! (laughs) 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 So he's and uh, Belga Belgar will just like like two hands full reach and just pants him. Pants him, right? Right? Like yeah, like we're in the locker room or something. Just like well, and he squats and with a brief look of discomfort shits out this giant ruby. It's like shit covered ruby. I mean, it's not shit covered, but it's it's you know stained. It's a nice ruby. Red instead of bright red. It's like just big enough that it wouldn't have been a treat to try to get it up there, you know. Um, That was supposed to be a gift for the Sheriff of Nottingham. And I'll be sure he knows who took it. Yeah, you tell him that uh, we, the, well, we've really got to think of a name. But uh, I was thinking of we could be called. The Robin Hoodlums. Yeah, Hoodlums. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll work on that. Well, just as you say that, um, Spencer, you, you know, you guys aren't really paying attention to what's going on, on the outside of the coach. And Peter, who you dick kicked earlier, you know, has finally recovered himself. He runs up and grabs you by the scruff of the neck. Out of there, you little brat! And uh, and he, he tries to backhand you, you know, smack you around a little bit. But... Uh, why don't you roll to not get your ass kicked by Peter and explain how you don't if you succeed. You're very agile, though, so I think you should get all three dice on this. Okay. Yeah, meanwhile, the other two guards are still mercifully knocked out, and the, the driver is just uh, nervously still got his hands up, although there's an embarrassing uh, wetness spreading from his midsection, as he's quite terrified. Uh, well, I, uh, failed. I don't know. Now, do we get resolve, I mean, uh, karma doesn't, it doesn't, uh, come back unless... Only if you use a quirk and, you know, increase the difficulty before you roll. Now, if you rolled a, a four, you can... You know, spend a karma to reduce the difficulty to a four and succeed. But if not, then this guy. But you have to do that. No, you may spend. You, the, you may do that after you roll. Okay. If spending a karma to lower the target, you may do before. Oh, yeah, that you that you can do. But uh, yeah. I failed so badly that that, that um, won't help. Wouldn't even well, help me. So. Well, describe how he kicks your ass. How would you, if you were like a grown mean man? How would you like beat the shit out of a little kid? 
Uh, well, go, go ahead. So before he before he gets an opportunity to like completely just beat his ass, I mean, see, as soon as he ran up, Arthur was was going to attempt to uh, pick up the poop ruby and throw it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I still got to say from that failed roll that Spencer at least gets smacked around a little bit. In fact, I want to go for the Homer Simpson choke that I was doing earlier. What are you through? And uh, she's like, <laughs> Spencer. But then you hurl the ruby at him. And you're brawny, so I imagine you could do that with quite a bit of force. And I would allow the three dice uh, roll to hurl the poop ruby into uh, the guy's head. You know, I would call that the name of this episode, but uh, Podbean will will um, yeah. They won't allow poop in the title, no. so we we might be the poop rubies now. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> the poop ruby robbers. But yeah, if I, I if I got the away poop with robbers, <laughs> if I if I put uh, poop in the title, it'll change it. Oh, actually, we'll just take it out. Um, yeah. And I'll have to put poo, which they will allow, but um, poo ruby doesn't. Hopefully, have quite we can come way. up with a better title along yeah. the way. Yeah. All right. So and yeah, go and ruby. hurl that poop ruby with all your brawn at Peter the guard. Oh, well, that is going to be one five six. So that's certainly uh, going to crack him in the skull. And what happens to him then? Um. Well, I was I and I don't know if he's. I wanted to hit him. Yeah, I wanted to hit him in the face, like in the mouth-nose area. Yeah, we sure did. You hit him right in the face then, right in the nose. Did you break his nose? It's like smeared all this... <laughs> right, right. All right. And he staggers backwards. And, well, you tell me. i got to stop narrating. You guys get to narrate the results of your actions. Well, um... Yeah, I, feel free. I have nothing in particular. Okay, well, getting poop all over his he's face. He's got poop all over his face now. In his mouth. He's got poop all over his face. And he probably, you know, got like a fat <laughs> lip and a bloody nose. And it's, you uh, got you know, poop on your face! <laughs> his, his, uh, his hands slip away from your neck. And uh, when he looks in and he can see that his master's tied up and his two, you know, his compatriots, Dick and Willie, are... I'll call you uh, Peter Poopy Face! He's he's giving you like the look, like why are you? I'm gonna get you someday, kind of look. And but he he takes his hand off his sword and he backs away and he says, uh, "Lord Dacusi, what you want done? Now we'll let these poop ruby bandits win this day," says Angron Dacusi. But mark my words, there'll be a reckoning. And if you wish to be famous, oh. I will certainly tell the Sheriff of Nottingham all about you, Poop Ruby Bandit. Because that's your name. Now it's, there's nothing you can do. That's yes, you, you, you tell the Sheriff of Nottingham it was us, and that we're coming back for him. And he will face, he will feel the teeth of Belgar on his throat. Feel the teeth of Belgar on his throat. Did you get that, Beatrice? Yes, feel the teeth of Belgar on his throat. And I would not want that at all. Very well. But you know, Prince John has hired Flemish mercenaries to come here. They'll be coming soon, and they'll deal with the outlaw problem in Sherwood once and for all. And then you'll be sorry. And, uh, the meanwhile, Peter is going around, Get up, you smacking Dick and Willie, you know, in the face and getting them not unconscious anymore. And, uh, they... I'm just, uh, noticing, uh... A pattern with your names, <laughs> yes, Peter, you Dick, and Willie. <laughs> he noticed That's that, funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, Bogart would definitely tell them that they will be, uh, they are free to leave and spread our message. Uh, they will respectfully be leaving all of their armor and weapons, however. Oh, well, with, with, with great anger, surly expressions on their faces. Yeah. And your drop, dignity. They drop their swords and they take off their bullet helmets and their leather tabards, and then uh, they get they get back onto their horses, and uh, the driver, whose name is John Thomas, uh, uh, he 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 gets the horses going, and and uh, they ride off, and you can hear Dacusi and Beatrice being bumped around inside the, you know, oh oh ow ow, you're no Robin Hood, Robin Hood's twice the outlaw you are. You'll be sorry. Those Flemish mercenaries will get you yet. 
Jacuzzi hollers as they're once they're like safely, you know, out of the way. That's and, at least two smacks on him. You got to give <clears> the next <throat> time we see him. Next time, so. see him. yeah, they're owed two yeah. smacks. And then of course, uh, <clears throat> Willie, who is in who's in the rear, turns around once they're at a safe distance, you know, and gives a uh, the classic British two finger, you know, screw you gesture. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> Arthur's gonna do the whole like mm. two 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 fingers at <laughs> the eyes. I'm watching you. Yeah, right. Well, rather startlingly, once this is finished, there's a burst of applause from the forest all around you, and about a dozen teenage boys, older than Spencer but younger. Than the rest of you, they all run out of the fourth. Whoa! Excellent work, that absolutely brilliant. Our, our, our band already has a following. Lovely, it's that easy. Absolutely <laughs> lovely. No, we were, we Boobies. was going to rob that coach. We was going to rob it. I'm sorry. Let me make my introductions. We're the lovely lads. My name's Roger Good. I'm the oldest, so I'm in charge. He says. This here is Davy and Shrimpton and Wallace and Noah and Barton and Hanks and Patrick and Shelby and Landon and Spencer and Trenton, but we all call him Yorkshire uh, Pudding. That's that's my name. Well, that's just the way it works. He's two Spencers. <laughs> He'll be Spence. You'll be Spencer the Younger. But listen, okay. we we are a band of fearless outlaws. Uh, we haven't robbed anyone yet, and we were going to rob Sir Dacusi, but you got to it first, and you were great. We need strong men to lead us, please. Oh, please. Won't you join the lovely lads and be our leaders and lead us to glory? Well, now, don't you think that it would make more sense for you to join the Poop Ruby Bandits? Well, it's just the thing is, sir, says Roger Good. <laughs> I just, the, the name Poop Ruby Bandits is just not very heroic, but the lovely lads, well, it's like the merry men, it's, right? But it's... So derivative. I mean, we have such an original name, you know, because it's true. What we, you know, it, it was gotten in the moment. You know, it's more authentic. Well, if you want a name given you by the Ungrand de Cousy, says Roger Good, then who am I to argue? If you agree to lead us, well, we can call ourselves whatever you want. We'll, we'll use it, like, ironically, you know. Well, because it came from him, but, you know, we're, we're making it our own. Well, you seem to have gotten quite the haul. Lovely necklace we saw there, a nice bag of coins, and, and that poop ruby, not to mention the poop ruby, which is still lying on the ground, you know, where it fell. Uh, he looks at it somewhat disdainfully. But that's quite a ruby. Uh, listen, do you have shelter for the night? Do you have a place to stay? <clears throat> Well, the forest is our home, but we haven't really like got a like a, a camp or anything. I don't think. Well, you know, there are several very small, isolated hamlets here in Sherwood Forest, and of course, you know, outside of the town of Nottingham, Edwinstow is the largest village, and that's where we go to church at St Mary's. But we know a a village, a hamlet, really that's that's close by called Sourhampton. They're in desperate need of help and alms. Why don't we go there? And, uh, oh. and take refuge for the evening. And we will tell of your great deeds. How do we know we can trust you? Trust us, of course. We worship you. You're our heroes now. Isn't that right? Isn't that right, Yorkshire Pudding? And Spencer, we're changing your name. Your name is now Spanx. All right? <coughs> all right. I guess. Because <laughs> you spank it all the time. No, I don't. Yes, you do. We've all seen you, Spanx. That's right, Spank. I also, I also spank a lot, so I think we need to differentiate ourselves even more. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I'm called Spanks. Then I'll be Big Spanks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, I guess I'll okay. be Little Spanks. Okay. <laughs> Big Spanks and the Pooperby Bandits. It's <laughs> <laughs> all coming together. Well, well, you know. Oh my God! So, if we are in fact the Poop Ruby Bandits, we are, we are. If you want to go with them to Sourhampton, then they will lead you to the forest. Not, you know, they go off road, and they're in very high spirits. They're talking about your exploits, and they're like reenacting you, uh, Belgar swinging into the side of the, and they're reenacting the throwing of the rock and the kicking the balls and all that, and dancing around. And they're 
they've got their little some of them do have like small swords and they're swinging at vines and they're very excited and soon the forest gives way to a small clearing where several huts are clustered around some pitiful gardens of uh, radishes and leeks and onions which appear to have mostly already been harvested because it is autumn and there are some semi-starved looking folk all stand around staring at a chicken but when you guys come crashing through, they, they look up, and the chicken clucks a bit and then wanders off. Well, says an old man, I guess it's not going to lay an egg now. Roger, good, what are you doing here? And the boy immediately launches in to his tale about how you guys have humiliated and robbed young Grand Dekusi. And Spencer, you can't help but notice, is a very pretty blonde girl, maybe about your age. Uh, she wears a little cute bonnet. She's still got really good teeth, and she's gazing bashfully at you. And uh, uh, there's a, actually a nun here, too, who who uh, is looking at you all with a wise expression on her face and nodding and smiling as if she approves of your actions. And the old man who spoke came up and was, I am Archibald Pretty John. I'm the elder here, and you realize now he's got only one leg, like he's lost a leg at the knee, so he's kind of got the one-crutch situation going on. Oh, yes, lost it in the Second Crusade. And this is Sister Maud. She's visiting here from Rufford Abbey to ease the suffering of, uh, of, of our folk here of Sourhampton. We're waiting for Gertie to lay an egg, but uh, unfortunately we don't have much to put in the pot tonight. Uh, Richard, why don't you go off and see if you can get a brace of conies or some such thing to put in the stew pot tonight. It'll be hard to stretch it. Don't know how we'll eat. Don't know how we'll eat it, sir, he says, looking at you, Arthur Brown. I cannot help but notice, sir, the distinct resemblance in your face to someone I may have met before. Perhaps I've met you before. You're very, you're very much too young to have been on the Second Crusade, but I can't help but think I know your face, sir. Oh, it is quite possible. You see, I, of course, am the bastard son of, of Prince John. Mm, well, there's some grumbling around at that point, you know. Prince John. And some people spit and uh, with disgust. Well, I'll spit, too, on the ground. Oh, yeah. It is no shame in being a bastard, says Sister Maud, who comes out and lays her hand on your shoulder. And there's no shame in it, but if it is true that you have all robbed young Grand Dekusi, and taken back what is rightfully the people's in taxes. These poor people have been taxed beyond endurance by the Sheriff of Nottingham and his right-hand man, Guy of Gisborne. Should you not then give to the poor the way Robin Hood would? Yes. Smack! So, uh, oh, you smack. <laughs> smack. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then the, the young girl who she shyly approaches you, Spence, goes, yes, my name is Amy, Amy Shakes, and we keep waiting for Robin Hood to come and give to the poor, for we are so, so very wretchedly poor, but he has never come here. Perhaps we are too isolated. Oh, please. Spencer, did they say your name was? You're so brave. Would you not give to the poor here? Yes, says Archibald. Give to the poor. Help us, please. Brave, brave, oh, ruby bandits. Yes, the, that's what we've... That's what we do. I mean, that's why I joined the outlaws, was to give to the poor. Just like I'm, um, Hobbin Rudd. I'm not going to say his name. But, uh, just like a famous guy, we, we want to do the same and, and give to the people in need. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to do that? Maybe we have to save a little bit so we can feed ourselves and all that, but, um... We, we should we should do the right thing and 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 pass out you know distribute all our our wealth amongst these people who have suffered so much in the hands of uh, the the bastards in charge yes i agree i think we should indeed disperse a portion of our ill-gotten gains um However, we have to keep some for you know, gas and tolls and <laughs> food and lodging and administrative fees and 
such things, you know. Yes, yes, overhead, I understand. Tell you what, why don't you keep the poop, Ruby? Says Archibald, there's no way we could deal with that. But the bag of the bag of coins there would would help us a great deal, you see. We need to go to Edwin Stowe or Nottingham and buy flour and supplies, or else we'll starve to death this winter. Yes, and I believe... Well, I was hoping you would yes. take the poop, Ruby. <laughs> if you, you take the bag... Take a bag of gold and go get some flowers and salts and some, some cured meats. Maybe a few more of those chickens. Maybe ones that know how to lay eggs. And I will make you the most wonderful stew mm. ever have had. Mmm, you say stew and everybody. It's been, a, it's been a long time since we had a stew going. A good one, that is. Tell you what, says Maud, Sister Maud. You know... Ah, here comes Roger back right now. Young Roger Good has brought her back a brace of conies. Uh, good Sir Belgore, do you think there's something you could do with uh, a few leeks, one onion, one up, oh, cluck, 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 one egg, and uh, these two rabbits? Is there something you could do to feed us tonight? Oh, yes. This would be the best, best food you've had in long, long time. Okay. He starts, like, smacking his lips. All right. <laughs> And uh, Archibald, uh, Pretty John, actually uh, tosses you a shovel, Arthur, and he's here. Dig right here. There's something good under there. A, cas- a keg of ale I buried for a special occasion. I say we break it out and celebrate. So if you want to dig well, that, I'll start digging. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so you break out the, ke- the keg of ale. And meanwhile, if uh, if Belgor could roll, uh, this is going to be a f- difficulty four. This is easy for you. And I think this is totally in your wheelhouse. I was going to see if you can make a really delicious meal that stretches and fills everybody. Just on these meager ingredients and rabbit blood and broth and whatnot. And, uh, of course, meanwhile, you know, the day's getting on and it's, it's, uh, it's getting into evening. They light a fire under five, the... Five, five, four. Oh, nice, nice. Tell it means roll, so, yep. Yeah, nice, nice. So that's, that's going to make a great meal that's going to... Uh, of course, as good as this meal is, they're already talking about the the salted cure, the salt and the the cured meats and all the other stuff. But uh, yes, you should definitely stay with us. Oh yes, stay with us. Oh yes, Spencer, stay with us. You're so very brave. And uh, anyway, the, the, there's a, a festive scene. They're so happy that they've been given, you know, enough food to buy things for the winter. And. Uh, um, the nun who helps you, by the way, Belgor, uh, says, "You know, the necklace that you that you carry. Now, obviously, I assume you have taken it from Yongron Dakusi's mistress. Would make a lovely gift for the Abbey. We can sell that in a place where its provenance will not be known, and distribute alms widely to many more villages than this one. Can you find it in your heart, dear Belgor?" Give me the necklace. This is the nun. Yeah, Sister Maud. <laughs> well, I had my, my a fancy of uh, an old an old woman that I knew long ago that still lives near Nottingham Castle that I was going to give this to oh. after I go back. And, but I suppose if you could put it to better use, then. As much as it pains my heart, I would, I would agree to this. Well, I think that such a gift would do much more good in the hands of the Abbey. And also, if you were to give that to a lady, it may be more of a curse than a gift, for it will surely be recognized. We at the Abbey have contacts, and we are good folk and true to the real king, King Richard. If you are ever in serious trouble, don't forget to come to Rufford Abbey. We will make sure and hide you and heal you. If this becomes necessary. But for now, ale and food. And uh, so there's a festive uh, festive moment as you guys are all eating and drinking into the night. They've got the central fireplace, or, you know, outdoor fire pit, essentially. They had the, the cook pot hanging over it. And so you're all sharing in the ale and uh, sitting on logs around the fire. When uh, suddenly, though, there's a whoosh of air. And an arrow, and right into the log, right by Arthur Brown's butt. It's barely missed your butt. And there's this warlike cry of many voices 
coming from the woods, and men just rush out of the darkness. And at first you think they're soldiers, right? Or maybe the Flemish mercenaries you've heard of. But instead of helmets and tabbers, they're wearing green or brown cloaks. And they all rush in and upset things rather badly. You know, one of them kicks the chicken and knock over the keg of ale and it spills. And uh, and just totally take you guys by surprise, right? So, I mean, you get your, like, food in your mouth. Your hands are greasy. Uh, and this tall figure with a feather and a green hat steps out of, into the firelight. And he says, I say, chaps, uh, this is this is deucedly awkward. Uh, but uh, I'm called Robin Hood, you see, and uh, it, it appears that you've been poaching in my forest. And that's where I think we'll go ahead and, and wrap up tonight's uh, hmm. episode. And uh, next time we will, we will see what happens. Interesting. We're going to have to give him the poop ruby. <laughs> like forcefully, <laughs> I mean. We have to to re-poop it Or you you could have slapped him When he said his name I'm Robin of Smack (laughs) (laughs) But uh, right. well that's it for tonight And uh, we'll see you guys next week With more adventures in the days of yore Hey everybody If you like our podcast Don't forget to leave us a good rating And or review on Apple Podcasts Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world and check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com Thank you for listening.